0: This morning, as we sing this
1: Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That
2: Father, thank you for being the light in the darkness that cannot be extinguished. Though men may try, Father, you are forever. So Lord, if there's anyone here this morning, we just pray for their hearts. Father, we're coming from different places. You know where we're coming from. Lord, you see the hurt, you see the pain, you see the worry. And Father, we just ask this morning that we would open our hearts to what you want to say to each one of us the light and the darkness to make a way for us, Father, that you always keep your promises. You never stop working. So, Father, help us not rely on our feelings to know what to do, to not lean on our own understanding, but to lean on what your word says, your everlasting word that we can count on every second of every day. Thank you for having everything already worked out to where all you want is our trust. Help us to trust you, Father. Help us now to open our hearts to what you want to say to each one of us, Father. To not, if there's any hardness in our hearts, Father, we just pray for that this morning that we would give that to you in trust. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Um, we, we just want to keep that attitude of prayer right now. So I'm going to ask our worship team to, uh, to continue.
1: Life and atonement for sin And open the life gate that all may go in Praise the Lord,
3: praise the Lord Let the earth hear His voice Praise
1: the Lord, praise the Lord Let the people rejoice O oh, come to the Father Through Jesus the Son Jesus the Earth, hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son.
0: things that God has done. This next song simply says, he is good. So sing along with us if you know it. My honor. It's my joy to honor you. As we lift our voices up this morning and sing this song, I hope this morning that you can truly say in your heart that it's your joy to honor the Lord in everything that you do. I mean, we weren't just talking about someone who didn't have anything going for them that gave their life, we're talking about the Son of Almighty God who willingly said, so that these people in these seats, for the you and me, can have a hope in this world, I'll lay down my life. What an amazing love! For you
4: are my king.
1: Yes, you.
0: can all say this morning, that it's our joy to honor you, because God, you have honored us for so many times, so many days, Lord. Lord, even though we're undeserving of your honor and your love, God, you chose to love us anyway. So Lord, this morning, I just pray that, that these songs that, that we're singing from the heart, God, would be a beautiful sound to your ear today. Lord, anoint this time of, of your spoken word and Pastor Steve. and um, God, let it speak to our hearts this morning. Let us be obedient to what you've called us to do today. We love you and it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning.
5: A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon on friendship. In that sermon, I focused on a favorite old hymn that has been a mainstay of the Christian faith and sung throughout churches for well over a hundred years. What a friend we have in Jesus! It has a powerful message that continues to give us hope and encouragement even all these years after it was written. This morning, I want to focus on another song that has had its share of popularity and still remains popular. It, too, is considered a classic, like the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. This particular song has been recorded by over a hundred different artists. And just like the hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus, the song is often sung at, at funerals. In fact, in 2005, survey it was revealed that it was the most requested tune at funerals in the United Kingdom. This song has a powerful message that resonates with a multitude of people. And maybe you have held it in high esteem. Some even think it is, uh, of it as being inspirational. For many people who have faced difficulties in life and took them on, this song has been an anthem for them. It's been described this way. It has the the timeless appeal... The words sum up what so many people feel about their lives and how they would like their loved ones to remember them. It would, in fact, become the signature song sung by a man who made it most famous. Yet the very same man who performed it thousands of of times couldn't stand the song saying he actually loathed the song. Maybe you recognize the song with some of the lyrics from the second or third verse. I've forgotten it. goes like this. Regrets, I've had a few. You probably already know what it is, don't you? But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do. I saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway and more. Much more than this, what is it? I did it. You know it, don't you? Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, don't you want me to sing it, really? (laughs) But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and I spit it out, the song goes. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my way. The song was written by Paul Anka. Actually, the tune came from French composers adapted by Paul Anka, and he specifically wrote this song for Frank Sinatra, and it builds with such crescendo at the end that it really makes you want to stand up and sing, I did it my way with him, right? It's well written, it's well performed, it's a powerful song, and it's also a secular song. So what's wrong with this song? Well, there's really nothing wrong with this song if you're not, and I will emphasize the word not, a believer. But if you're a Christ follower, everything is wrong with the song. I did it my way is not a good idea. In fact, I'll go further. It's not a biblical idea, and it's definitely not a Christian idea. Watch this. Doing life your way is a contradiction to the Christian lifestyle. Can you say amen to that? It is. Interesting enough, Sinatra's daughter Tina said this about what his dad, when he sang this song, he always thought of that song was being self-serving. And self indulgent. He didn't like it. That song stuck and he couldn't get it off of his shoe. It wasn't a very high esteem that he had of the song that was written specifically for him. Now, I really hope that I'm not ruining this song for you, right? Well, actually, I don't care. <laughs> Because really and truly, if you believe what the Bible has to say, then if this song no longer has the same meaning for you, well, that's probably all the better that it happens that way. Because you know what this song does? It takes a position in life that says, it's my life, and I can do what I want to. And if it's going to happen, it's going to be up to me to accomplish it. And the problem with the thinking of I did it my way, it takes up this position that you know better than anybody else, including God. It's really a declaration of independence from God, an act of self-sufficiency. It's like saying to God, I don't need you. I I don't need anything you have because essentially I am placing myself above any other position of other people in my life and that includes you, God. And too many people have adapted that kind of lifestyle. Maybe they haven't held the, the song in such high esteem but they've adapted that type of lifestyle that says, you know what, I'm just gonna go through life and if it's gonna happen, it's gonna be up to me and I'm just gonna do it my way. But that approach isn't the case for Christians. One pastor said it this way, being a follower of Jesus means that you are divorcing yourself of doing it your way. I think that's pretty good, right? A Christian is called to a different standard. Not to live a self-determined, self-centered life that is a consideration of yourself only, but to surrender our way of doing things to a life of submission to the Almighty God. And what I'm telling you is certainly biblical. Let me just back it up with Scripture. In fact, I'm going to back up a whole lot and use a, a lot of Scripture today. So if you've got a pen and pa- paper, you can make some notes. If you get lost in it and you want to go back and find the Scripture, you can look it up. You can watch this sermon again uh, uh, on our website or on Facebook, and you can see it again. But here's what the Bible teaches us. Watch this. Very simple language that says, Trust in the Lord. It doesn't say, trust in me. It doesn't say, and don't you say amen to this, trust in the government. Right? It doesn't say, trust in your neighbor or trust in your family. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And some of you wives should say amen to that. Right? Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. And watch this, verse 7. We, we sort of got to get stuck on verses 3 and 5. We know that. But watch what verse 7 says. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then he have healing in your body and strength for your bones these are worthwhile instructions on how to live life and the Bible makes it very clear that if you follow these instructions that God's way of doing life is so much better than doing life your way yet so many people put their trust in themselves And they fail to follow the instructions and end up in trouble. Now, I've read several instructional manuals throughout my life. Some I have ignored. Okay, And, and, you know, instructions manuals, they exist for a reason. Failing to follow instructions creates really a, a dilemma. It creates more work. Possibility, it makes a worsened condition than was intended by the instructions. Failure often is encountered. Maybe you heard this true story that happened last year. A Louisiana woman ran out of uh, this this product called got-to-be-glued hairspray. Anybody familiar with that? Got-to-be-glued hairspray. Okay, a few folks... David (laughs) Ivy, (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) I'm telling you, the salesman that sold you that is a world-class salesman. That's all I can say. But this woman, she had to have her got-to-be-glued hairspray. She ran out, and she decides to use Gorilla Glue Spray believing it would hold down her hairstyle in a similar way that the got-to-be-glued hairspray would do. It certainly worked, permanently affixing her hair to her scalp. Obviously, she became very frustrated when it did not wash out of her hair and attempted to keep washing it out, even after 15 shampoos, it didn't come out. So what does she do? What so many people do in today's time, she takes to TikTok and puts a video up describing her condition. And it just so happened that the people at Gorilla Glue heard about TikTok. In fact, millions of people watched it. So they decided that they would reply, and the reply was simply this, an official statement that says, We do not recommend using our products in or on hair, as they are considered permanent. Really? And the lady considered suing Gorilla Glue, but she probably would not win the case because on the label... Uh, it, it clearly states this is not intended and foreseeable purpose is not for the human body nor is it a beauty product but there's good news a solution was eventually found for this woman who she could not wash it out of her hair but it took weeks to accomplish it a plastic surgeon clear across the country in California reached out to her and provided help and and as he was providing this help he says I think I can help you and he starts an investigation of all the ingredients that are listed in the Gorilla Glue and he came up with a concoction that he hoped would help and so he brings her in and after four hours of carefully applying this concoction this treatment he was able to untangle her hair. She was sent home with instructions this time, strict instructions that said, Treat your hair like a newborn baby with mild shampoos and natural oils. Instructions are important. Now, there's a good side to the story. The young lady, she decided to start a good GoFundMe account to raise money for treatment, and she received more than $23,000 in donations. So, since the plastic surgeon was so kind enough that he donated his time, this woman decided that she would make a donation to his uh, foundation that actually uh, performs free reconstructive surgery for people who have deformities in developing countries, so she devoted, she, she donated the $20,000 that were of uh, the 23 that was donated to her to that foundation and then took $3,000 and donated it to families within her community okay so she was she had a big heart you can't I really I can't really fault her a whole lot because I've almost done as things like her I was going to say i know. no I just leave the descriptives out I, I've done some I've done some stupid things about not following directions anybody with me anybody else don't leave me by myself hanging <laughs> Come on. You know, products are used, should be used according to instruction. Less than advantageous or undesirable results happen when someone tries to, to implore their own way of using them. And this is true in our spiritual journey as well. The journey of life. Here's the deal. When we do things according to God's way as He directs it, there are rewards. We saw that in Scripture, right? When we do things according to our own standards, what happens? Trouble. The more closely that I pay attention, I've discovered this for myself, the more closely that I pay attention to doing life God ways, the more that I am satisfied and blessed. Likewise, when I insist on doing things my own way, the less that I please God and ultimately please myself. To back all this up, there are all sorts of stories that are in the Bible that shows what happens when people don't do things God's way. Go all the way back to the very beginning. Cain probably knew what kind of sacrifice God desired, but he he did it his way and offered God his own sacrifice, his own kind, and ultimately God rejected both Cain and his offering. And the after the flood God told people to multiply and fill the earth. Instead they did what settled in one spot and built they settled in one spot and built the tower of Babel. God came down and scattered the people and confused their languages. They thought they knew better but here's how God responded. Abraham was promised that he and Sarah would have a child, but Sarah decides to do things her own way, and, and she gets uh, uh, as she's getting old and impatient. She just goes out and she she just devises a different plan, opposite from what God says. So Abraham listens to her; he's doing her thing, not what God says. And and what happens there? Uh, they did things their own way, and, and who they? What happens? They have a child uh, through Hagar. They ended up with some serious family troubles because of it. Pharaoh did it his own way. He mocked Moses by saying, who is this God I should listen to? And refused to let the Israelites go. Ten plagues later, he learned what his actions would lead to. And of course, there's Judas. Judas did it his way. And he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And we all know how that ended time and time again God would say one thing and people would say something else and because they chose their way doing it my way things got complicated all because they chose not to do it God's way I said it before and I think it's worth saying again doing life your way is a contradiction To a Christian lifestyle. Jesus teaches us this. He says, If anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny himself. That pastor used the word divorce. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow, take up his cross daily and follow me. To To deny yourself is to lay all of your life, every part of you, to surrender it and lay it at the cross of Jesus. So your life is not what guides you anymore. It's no longer your will to accomplish. But when you do that, it becomes God's will, His life, as you surrender to Him. So we as believers, we live a life of surrender. Being a follower of Jesus means that you separate from doing life your way. You are following Him. And you're choosing to do life according to what he says. In fact, Jesus models this in the prayer that he prayed and taught us what to pray. He said, Father, if you're willing to remove this, come from me. But watch this. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So being a follower of Jesus means that you're surrendering Your will, your way to God's way. Jesus goes on to say, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Paul says this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And while he's writing to the Philippians, he makes this proclamation. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God on the basis of faith. And then he says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to have the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, here's Paul who says, I've got a good record, but all of that doesn't mean anything. When I was living my life the way I wanted to, I built up a good reputation... But now as I look and I see what Christ has done for me, all of thats it's garbage. It means nothing, nothing that he had compared to what Jesus had done for him. He goes on, John said this in 1 John, When Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Again, Paul comes to the conclusion, conclusion for me to, for, for, to, me to live as Christ and to die as gain. What's the essence of all of this is I don't do life my way. So if what happens when you as a believer in Christ choose to do life God's way? Well, I've got several things I want to share with you, and then I'll be done, okay? The first one is this. A transfer of dependence takes shape in you, in your life. It becomes a point to where you become less dependent upon yourself, and when you start emptying yourself... Of dependence on yourself there is a void that happens and that void when you're doing life God's way that void is filled by God so you're less dependent on yourself and you become more dependent on God when you try to do life under your own power here's what happens frustration and shortcomings eventually it just leaves you depleted But when you do life God's way, you become less dependent upon your own strength and more dependent on the strength of God. Here's what Philippians says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What does it look like? A God-infused, Holy Spirit-enabled supernatural abilities, they are manifested to accomplish difficult tasks that you could not do on your own. I, I, I can think of some examples of that. Maybe you've got examples in your life. In fact, I know that many of you have examples of what God's been able to do when you, became, when you stopped depending on yourself and you started depending on God. But let me just t- say a couple of things that I think. Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I should read my notes. First of all, let me back up and say tell you what Paul did. Okay, you remember this Paul who wrote all of these things? He didn't have it all together. At first. at first, he was this big dude, but he was living life the wrong way. But what happened when God spoke into his life? First, he made a radical change that he makes when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And how about all the times he was arrested and thrown into prison for preaching the gospel? Or the times that he was beaten, severely flogged, and continued to pray and sing hymns to God? Uh, How about, and now think about that. They're beating you up. And everything within you wants to lash out at those very people who are striking you. And yet what he's doing, he's praying and singing hymns to God. When he could have escaped from prison. Remember that when the, the bars fell off, there was an earthquake and, and, and the doors opened and the chains let go, he could have escaped, but rather he and, and walked freely. And, and rather he stays there and he witnesses to the jailer who nearly falls on his sword. He prevents this guy from taking his own life because he saw something that was more important doing life God's way and it goes on and on with ways that Paul gained strength because of his dependence on God now I'm getting to what we can do how it shows up with us so let me name just a few things what that God infused Holy Spirit enabled supernatural abilities enables us to do it still enables us to do incredible things such as The ability to be a Christian witness to others and speak Jesus into their life. You ever been in a situation where you know someone needs to hear the gospel and you're a little bit afraid to share and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes with you and he just gives you exactly the words you need to share at that particular time? Or it could be this, the ability to forgive someone who's really hurt you in the past. I'm going to talk about really, really hurt you. Talked about this forgiveness attitude last week, that you're able to forgive them and move on with life. That's the God-infused Holy Spirit-enabled supernatural ability that God gives you. It could be that you uh, keep on praising God when everything around you seems to be falling apart countless other experiences that one encounters that in no way could you have endured without God being right there with you. And here's the thing about it. You don't have to look too far around this room right now to find people that God has carried them because they learned to do life God's way rather than their own way. Here's another thing that happens when we choose to do life God's way. Your motivation to please God increases. The more you cherish that relationship with God, the more you work to please Him, to please Him because you're in that relationship. That works with us on just a regular basis. The more you cherish a relationship you have with others, the more you work to please the one you're in relationship, the better that relationship becomes. The better the relationship becomes, the more dependent you become on that relationship. So that relationship is growing as we're working to please in the relationship we're in. That changes the relationship from being self-serving to self-sacrificing. It's like that in a marriage. When you love someone deeply you want to please him or her. Let me say that again, because I'm not sure some of y'all are at that point. When you love someone deeply, if you're really respecting that relationship, if you're really cherishing that relationship, when you love someone deeply, you want to please him or her and you seek ways to to please each other. It becomes less about you being pleased and more about pleasing the other person. And when the other is pleased, you become stronger in happiness. Can I get an amen on that? It is true. Likewise, once we've entered into a spiritual relationship with God, we should be motivated to do things that pleases Him. We just sang about it. It's my honor to what? What's the rest of the words? My joy to honor you. you. I don't honor Him because, He says... Steve Durham you better honor me and he beats me until I say okay I surrender and I'm going to honor you that's not what he expects of us he says I want you to honor me because you love me and because I love you I'm going to honor you because I want to please you God and in that it becomes joy to honor So you become motivated to please Him in your thoughts, in your actions. And I'll tell you something else about that. When you displease God, it becomes a bitter pill to swallow. Now, can I get an amen from that as well? I got one over here before it. Okay, When you displease God, if you're in a habit of pleasing Him, displeasing him becomes a bitter pill to swallow. You may enjoy pleasure for not pleasing for a season, but your displeasure will sooner or later start to bother you. And here's the thing about that. While you may have found yourself in a way of displeasing God, and we all do that from time to time, thank God he forgives us. And is waiting for us to honor and delight him again, right? When you're doing things, when you're doing life God's way rather than my way, here's another thing. You see God at work. You get to sit back and see God work. You can see his hand in your past, and even though you may not know what tomorrow brings, again, it's a song we sung this morning. You know, even when I don't see it, What does it say? You're working? Even though we don't see it, we understand and we believe that He's working things out to completion to do a good work in us. We get to see Him do this. You find comfort from less worrying about stuff, giving it to him, knowing that he's in control and he has your best interest in mind, and out of that comes peace, joy, and hope that replaces worry and frustration. You see God at work. Here's one more thing. Your personality changes. Now watch this. Your personality changes for the better. You become less selfish. Actually, what happens is that you begin to see others as God sees them. Your propensity to be self-centered diminishes as you become more selfless. Your dependence on God teaches you to become mindful of others in their situation. And seeing others as God sees them uh, changes your perspective and it entices you to accomplish what Romans 12 12 tells us to do. Here it is, Scripture. And I'm just going to let Scripture speak for itself here. Watch this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically rejoice and let me just let me let me let me wait a minute slow down this is how about how how about if I just got up here and read it like this never be lazy But work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically did you hear me can you say amen come on people you know what? We need revival in the church. Oh. You see, you started this morning. You almost got the preaching, and I'm going to finish it up for you. We really do need to take this seriously. I'm not talking about the lazy. Well, actually, let's just leave it there a minute. Because I said I wasn't going to make commentary. I lied. Okay? The Bible tells us never be lazy. Oh, don't we have a culture that needs to hear that? Oh, let me back up. Don't we have a church culture that needs to hear that? But work hard and serve the Lord. How? Enthusiastically. Rejoice. Rejoice in this confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. I like that. And don't think you know it all. Well, a little less amen on that one. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everybody can see you're honorable. Honorable. Because it almost sound like uh, the other word. What's the word? Uh, honorable. Uh, ornery. that's it. Wait, oh, you don't do it that way. Honorable, not ornery. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. I, leave that to the righteousness anger of God. For scriptures say, I will, t- I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, instead, live in life God's way. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, Don't give them some... It says, give them something to drink. (laughs) In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And finally it says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Did you notice something about this scripture? The primary focus of all of these verses is basically on how you treat others, how you love others. It's an outward focus. Even when it is subjective, it comes back around with others in mind. So Scripture speaks. Here's one more thing. You become satisfied with second place. When you do life God's way, you're just fine with playing second fiddle you're okay with second place what was those bracelets that we years ago that we handed out and everybody liked them so much i think we probably ought to have those resurface again because there's some people Georgia's wearing her bracelet in fact she's gone to surgery i've got went to visit her in hospital before and she's been wearing that bracelet that says i am second I am second. I'm okay with being second. I don't have to always be in the driver's seat. My priorities, they come after what God wants and expects of me. And you know what? That's okay. You learn the importance of submission, obedience, and trust— when it comes to that personal relationship with, with Christ. And trusting God, when you, when you practice this, it, 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 it allows you to be more submissive and more obedient to Him. And you can, you can lean into those promises that strengthens the belief that He is faithful and would do what He says He's going to do. James 4.10 says this, Humble yourselves before God. What does humble before God mean? I I can't help but to think when I say humble before God that I'm really just to fall down on my knees before him. Lord, I am placing myself under your submission. I I, I am submitting my life to you. And my direction comes from you. Humble yourself before the Lord. And here's what happens. Here's what Scripture says. He will lift you up. This gives you the ability to really do, going back to what verse 12 of Romans 12 says, it says, rejoice. Rejoice with that, in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. That's what, living life God's way looks like. Jesus calls us to remember this. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Why? Because we begin to understand that there is a much greater purpose and meaning to our lives when we're doing life by God's way than we're doing it in our own way. You know, the thing that many people in our culture today fail to understand when it comes to God, that He gives us free will. Free will allows, permits a lot of bad stuff to happen in our world. Free will gives us choice to choose between two ways. And there's really only two ways there's my way or there's God's way. So when it comes to the most serious decisions of life, if we insist on doing things our way, it becomes very dangerous. Really quickly. I go back to the Old Testament to pull this scripture up. It says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but... The end thereof is the way of death. Let me give it to you, contemporary English version. You may think you're on the right road and still end up dead. Wow, is that not a stern warning? Just because wanting to do things our own way is in our human nature doesn't mean that it works or that it's for our own good. In fact, the Bible makes it very clear what the outcome will be. be. It says it right there. But in the end thereof is the way of death. You may think you're on the right road, but you're still going to end up dead. On the other hand, doing life God's way, it works every time. Let me finish by just giving you that transformation that happened with the Apostle Paul, this very religious man. The man's been taught by the finest. And he believes that all this religious stuff that he's doing in his life will lead him to salvation. You see the correlation there? But he's a very angry man. And he encounters people that were these early Christians. And what he was doing, because he thought he was on the right road, was hurting and destroying them. He he said this, I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priest, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blasphemy. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. He thought he was pleasing God because he was doing things his way. But one day, Jesus comes to visit him. And when he has that encounter with God, he discovers that which he thought was right was leading to death. And he began to follow God's way, the true way. So our choice is my way or God's way. You see, it's quite possible, even as believers, that we can go off on the path of doing things our own way rather than God's way. I I, I don't know what that looks like for you. I know what it looks like for me. I, I know what it says about me. When I stop and think about it, though, I don't want to insult anybody. Because if you have had this song played at a funeral service of a loved one, I, I please, I, I'm not putting you down for it. But here's one thing I want when my, it's my time to be remembered, I don't want somebody singing up and singing that song. I did it my way. I hope I'm remembered at least the best part of my life that I was busy doing life god's way would you bow your heads in prayer and father i pray that this will be a challenge to us not to condemn some secular song never to sing it again that's really between individuals and 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 you And, Father, to to take the bigger message here, to really look deeply into our lives and say, what are the things in my life right now, God, that, that I'm choosing to do my own way? I'm trying to set my own path, chart my own course, and I'm not consulting you on anything, Father. Would you just reveal those I'm sure it's going to look different for me than it does someone else that's here. Father, just cause us to be introspective into our own lives and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to cause those things to rise up that says, God, I don't care really what you want in my life. I'm still going to continue to do things that way I want to. And Father, that we would be so convicted of it that we would say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your scripture says that that's not the way to live life. That there's a better way, there's a more purposeful way that you intended for for us to live. And that's by, by choosing to determine and allow you to determine what our path is going to be. To do life your way. If there's something right now, Father, that as we go into this time of invitation that we need to confess to you, I pray that we'll do it and we'll bring it before you and allow you to speak and that we'll be obedient, that we'll trust, that we're willing to let go of something that has had a grip on us and to surrender it to you in this time that we have a response. Father, may your Holy Spirit work in our lives right now. In Jesus' name I pray. And as we stand and as we sing, if God's leading you to come to this altar and make some sort of commitment to Him, to just have prayer that I encourage you to do. If you want me to come pray with you, I'm happy to, to share some time with you. But just be obedient to what God wants during this time as you stand and as we sing. I surrender all
4: to thee. I
5: i be tempted and you're trying to decide okay am I doing life God's way or am I doing life my way maybe a good thing to remember would be the words of that song we just sang God I don't know but I surrender I, I just I don't know I just something about it, it's, it's like do you just keep on singing with clenched fist or do you surrender by it? sing that verse again. And if you really mean those words, just kind of lift your hands. You don't have to do this. You might get embarrassed by that. But just maybe lift your hands with open palms to God and say, I surrender. I'll sing that chorus again.
1: All to Jesus I Surrender, surrender, Lord. I give my
4: See D-
0: House this morning. Uh, go ahead and be seated for a moment. We've got just a few announcements. Pastor Steve, I don't know if you saw my notes this morning or I saw yours. I'm not sure, but they were uh, the same notes. Danny, if you'll come on up, Danny's got some things he wants to talk about coming up about the Mint's retreat.
6: Good morning. Um, you know, I really love this church. And And I hope you feel the same. But part of the reason why I really love this church is because of all the relationships that I have. In fact, some of my best friends are sitting right here. How great is that? And so we are not called, men, to live life alone. But a lot of Christian men do. So I want to challenge you to make an effort to sign up for the men's retreat. The information's in the bulletin and you will have a chance to form some great relationships and uh, we'll have sign-up sheets in the back Louis and, and John will be back there and I, I really would challenge you to to sign up and by the way we have lots of fun in fact we're gonna see a short video right all right
4: and bring your shame bring your guilt and bring your pain don't you know that's not your name you will always be much more to me and every
1: day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right but that's all right because I hear a voice and it calls me every day We'll say I'll never be enough And great
0: ministry has not been able to get together for this retreat in a couple of years because of obvious reasons, but uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting back together. Danny, you said that was a short video. That was like the whole retreat. That was good, though. Hey, well, I promise you, um, as active as our men are, our ladies, we're just trying to keep up with the ladies around here. Uh, the ladies ministry is uh, doing so many awesome things. Uh, as a matter of fact, this coming Friday, Friday Friends is going to be meeting, and, uh, and if you just want to be a part of the hands and feet of Jesus. Friday Friends is, is all of that. And uh, they just do so many things just in this community that, that we never hear about. And uh, they are just blessing people, encouraging people's hearts. And so that's 11 o'clock. So, uh, ladies, I encourage you to uh, be here Friday for Friday Friends. Sunday Sunday Social, that is coming up right around the corner. July the 24th at 5 p.m. Encourage you to definitely sign up. Oh, it's tonight. It is tonight. Wow. Well, we got here faster than I thought. <laughs> here we go. So uh, I encourage the ladies this evening, uh, if you have not signed up, um, I know Lim would want me to tell you to come anyways. There's going to be extra ice cream, and uh, the fellowship is just going to be amazing. And uh, so ladies, I uh, encourage you this evening at 5 p.m. to come and uh, be with all the other ladies here for the Sunday Sunday social. Got several other announcements uh, to let you know about. Yeah. Hey, Pastor Mike. Yeah, uh, Mike. Mike, why don't you just grab a microphone there? Because I thought I thought I I thought I heard you say something. I thought I heard you say no, 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 no. no that's not today. The Sunday Sunday social is today. Super saturated Sunday is next week. A week from today. You thought that was today.
2: No, uh, yeah? No. I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. Let me go take all this. Well, let's talk about it. Can we still talk about it? Yeah, we can talk
0: about it. Tell people what's happening a week from today.
2: Okay, so a week from now. A week from now on super saturated Saturday, we're going to have water slides for old and young, we're going to have dunk tanks. Yeah, we're going to, someone's going to get dunked. We're going to have a fire truck here from the Knowlesville Fire Department. We're going to have fireworks, weather permitting, at the very end of the night. We're going to have water tables for the wee little ones. We're going to have lots of food, right, Pastor Kelly? It is going to be a really fun time of fellowship. We're going to have water slides for little guys. Uh, whatever, how old are you? 2, 12, 122? There's going to be a water slide for you. So come on out next week. What time does it start?
0: Actually, it starts at six. There was something published that said five, but it's going to be six o'clock start time uh, because we want to make sure that we uh, don't leave you here all day for the fireworks. Now, the thing I'm most excited about is that dunk tank. The dunk tank. We already have Pastor Steve his time slot for the dunk tank reserved. Whoa,
5: whoa, whoa, It's going to be so,
0: so much fun. What?
5: What did you just say?
0: I can't wait. The dunk tank. We've got a time slot for you. It's going to be a blast.
5: No, 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 no. Let no. me tell you what. No, no, no. Hey, I, I did my wait to time. Throw balls when at I was in school, week. I did my time. Oh, I kissed a pig. I slept. I slept suspended from the roof of the gymnasium. I, I have been hit in the face with pies. I almost have a nose broken. Had a nosebleed. I ain't doing no dump tape. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: hey, we already dude, have it look, reserved. Hey, dude. I had a heart surgery. Oh, i've got all that covered we have a fire truck with emts that's going to be here (laughs) we're 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 in good shape how many of you guys would be willing to throw a ball at pastor steve on sunday hey we've already got people committed and this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do we have several other time slots available at least two other time slots So there's a form outside, Pastor Mike's put it together, that you can nominate who you would like to see in the dunk tank next week. We're going to tell you who got the most nominations and who got the most votes on Sunday morning. We can tell you before we even tell the person that's going to be in the tank. So be here Sunday morning, just like we did this morning. I'm going to be in the tank. Mike's going to be in the tank. And, uh, but we have some time slots for some other folks. I'm not going to lie.
5: There's a I'll couple be in the tank, here. and I'm charging five bucks a ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it.
5: Well, hey, definitely if you, plans, if you haven't already made plans. If you haven't already made plans. <laughs> Goes to the building fund.
0: Please plan to be here 100. Uh, on Sunday evening. Super saturated Sunday. It's going to be a blast. Bring your bathing suits. Bring a towel. It's going to be a lot of fun. Next next sunday it's not tonight is sunday sunday social don't come tonight all right hey thank you guys for your patience there with all that it's going to be a blast you can tell we are super excited about it. some of us are more excited than others but hey stand with us if you will as we close in worship lord we thank you for today god thank you for um god the 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 direction that you led pastors to, to challenge us in this morning that God, um, that our way leads to death, but God, your way leads to not only life but eternal life. So God, I just pray if there's one here today that that God, even though they may have made a profession of faith, has just taken some inventory of their life and said, "I can lead my life more God's way than I am right now." That God, we would take that challenge and we would heed it. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do for us, all your blessings, God for the uh, mission field that you give us called life. Lord, let us make the very most of it because it matters. We love you and it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great weekend. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request. We would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, you mm-hmm.